From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, Ipswich's connection to AAA Murray Country on 98.9 FM. Its significant contribution to the National Indigenous Radio Service and the story of how it all began. It's Monday, March 28, 2022, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Brisbane Indigenous Media Association has operated community station AAA Murray Country since it first broadcast on April 6, 1993. For many years it was also known as 98.9 FM and recently rebranded to AAA, returning it to its roots. The station is best known for its unique blend of popular country and Indigenous music. Ipswich resident Jai Lawton is the CEO of AAA and joins me now. Thanks for talking with Ipswich today, Jai. Thank you. Thanks for having me. AAA Murray Country has many broadcasting firsts to its credit, and the station's been on air now for nearly 30 years, and it was a long road to get there. What can you tell us about the formation of the Brisbane Indigenous Media Association and the path to applying for a community FM licence? Yeah, look, it, it, was a, it has been a long road. Um, it, all, it first started out uh, as... Yeah, on on four triple Z actually um, on Murray Hour, which is another community radio station um, here in Brisbane that's been around for nearly fifty years now. Um, and the whole premise of this, the formation of Brisbane Indigenous Media Association was essentially having our own platform to tell our own stories our way. You know, when you look at the way that media is still represented today, it's very much yeah, not 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 always reflective of particularly First Nations voices and First Nations faces um, on the media channels. So, the whole premise was essentially to to give us a platform to um, to tell our stories. And so, yeah, it sort of started on an hour a week on Four Triple Z on Murray Hour, and then eventuated to I think beyond six hours. And Four Triple Z sort of said, "Look, you fellas are taking up our programming, and you need to probably go go get your own license." And um, and that's what happened, and in 1991, applied for a license, and um, another aspirant radio station actually um, challenged the the license. So, um, what that actually meant was that the, the people of Brisbane Indigenous Media Association actually had to had to represent themselves in federal court to to challenge the challenge, if you like. And mm-hmm. so, there was no no resources or anything like that. And this was in the four, early days of ATSIC. So. Uh, a couple of people drove down on the very first formation of ATSIC, which was the Aboriginal Torres, Torres Strait Islander Commission. It was the sort of federal government commission for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people back in those days. So the very first meeting, you, you could imagine it was the agenda would have been pretty packed and three, three uh, mob from Brisbane drove down and got on that agenda and said, hey, look, can you give us a hand? We've got to fight this challenge in federal court. And, and they did. They supported it. And then in 1993, eventually got the licence and, and did the first broadcast. So it was a bit of a bit of a journey, bit of a challenge, um, but, you know, that's the way it is. So, um, 
yeah. Those hurdles were overcome. I, I don't know if you want to single out any uh, people in particular for leading the charge, as it were. Some are no longer with us, so I'll, I'll leave that entirely up to you whether you want to mention their names or not. But, yeah, there, there were more than one, obviously, but there was a, a core group of people that really pushed forward. Yeah, look, there's, there's sort of two um, family groups that are synonymous with the development of of Beamer and, and AAA and, and you know first and foremost that's Uncle Ross Watson who is no longer with us he um, he was the, the brainchild if you like around uh, a very much a visionary you know he, he established many things the Murray School was another one um, that he established our own independent school for for um, Aboriginal kids, so that's still still existent today. But he was very much the brainchild, and um, his his brother, Uncle Charlie Watson, was the the founding chairperson of the organisation, and um, still has a lot to do with it. I still ring him from time to time and pick his brains, although he tells me, you know, he's retired now and it's <laughs> it's, our, it's, our turn. it's but, your um, job now, Jai. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But you know. It's, Still a still a very important part of the the station. Only Lilla Watson there was another was the sister of both Uncle Ross and Uncle Charlie, and she's still around. She's um she was a founding uh, board member, and Uncle Bob Anderson, another founding board member. He was very very synonymous. And then you've got you know the 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 trailblazer that that was Uncle Tiger Bales. Um, yes. He really you know really came with that broadcasting knowledge. Um, you know Uncle Charlie says as well that you know Uncle Ross and others knew the importance of you know, media and radio and all these different things, but didn't necessarily have the experience in broadcasting. And that's what Uncle Tiger bought. He bought the, that wealth of, of knowledge of radio. He worked in Crew Radio and Radio Redfern, all those different things down there in Sydney. And so he, he came up here and really, yeah, really took it to the next level and started to build a, a really solid program schedule and established Let's Talk, which is now next, next year will be uh, 20 years running. There's nearly 3,000 episodes of, of that program. Now, so, just, just briefly explain what Let's Talk is all about. It's obviously a talk program. Yeah, that's right. Let's Talk is sort of an hour dedicated to, I suppose, you know, speaking on, on, on our stories of what, what it is to be an average trusher on the person in, in this country now. And that, that includes the historical, unpacking the historical stuff. But really, it's about elevating, you know, First Nations voices on, on our stories. And, and so now it's hosted by um, Danny Tees Johnson, a Gomorrah journalist. And we, we talk to all different kinds of people from all different topics and themes from political to social, social justice to the economic environment to the political environment and also, you know, the youth as well in the future. What does that look like? Let's Talk is one hour a day, Monday to Friday. For someone who's never tuned in to uh, AAA Murray Country, describe what the rest of the station is about. Yeah, the rest of the station, and, and it was part of the rebrand that we've just recently undergone. It's really about that what what the station's all about, and that's that mixture of, you know, we're a First Nations Aboriginal community controlled organisation, which is the Murray component, but um, we also have the country component, which has always been an important aspect for a number of reasons. The first reason being that, you know, myself included, I've, I've been read up on, on country music, and my grandfather was a stockman and worked across all uh, central Queensland, and so the country... The, the country component, you know, we've always grown up listening to Charlie Pride and Merle Haggard and Dolly Parton and all that sort of stuff. So we've always, country music and, and, and First Nations culture, there's always been something, you know, there's some synergies there. But the other, I suppose, important aspect of it is that country music allows us to also, I suppose, in many ways, educate and inform, you know, avid country music listeners on First Nations issues as well yes. um, and First Nations perspectives. So it plays those sort of dual roles. 
you know, we have 11 programs throughout the week. You know, your breakfast and your drive, you know, your more, your more entertainment bubbly type, type programs. Obviously, let's talk if we've spoken about, but then we've got sort of other niche sorts of programs that include, you know, Three Chords and the Truth, for instance, which is hosted by Paddy McHugh and Jen Myers, who are, who are pretty experienced musicians themselves in their own right, but they talk about Ultramericana and um, different forms of country, so there's different forms of music. We've still got Murray Hour, and then we're starting to actually now branch into into other areas that, you know, so we've got a, a First Nations hip-hop show that we've condensed into all of the one hour of, of hip-hop that we play on a, on a Friday evening, so that's sort of elevating that the growth of, of, of hip-hop around the world, but also the growth of First Nations hip-hop in, in Australia as well. So probably a bit of an exclusive. We're, we're announcing um, the launch of our Bluegrass Hour, which is going to be a hosted show every Monday night. Apart from the the free-to-air FM frequency, which is very, very familiar to everybody, uh, the station's also not been shy of creating podcasts, and they've evolved and are now attracting big audiences and I think Three Chords and the Truth would be uh, one of the top uh, podcast programs wouldn't it? Yeah that's right we sort of you know as as um, technology has evolved we've we've got to evolve with it so there's you know there's multiple online distribution channels that we have so we've got you know the online streaming where people can stream via the website or you know via our own app we've also got you know we've recently on Community Radio Plus which is another platform we're on iHeartRadio and then yeah, we also upload replays of, of our shows or, you know, podcasting or catch-up radio on on certain channels as well. And Three Chords is, is certainly one of those highlights. With these things that we have in the in the palm of our hand now of a phone, we, yes. as long as we're making sure that we're accessible by as easily as possible is, is, the, is the aim. So, That's yeah. it. Go where the listeners are. Triple A and Beamer is more than just an FM station there at West End. You also house the National Indigenous Radio News Service. Uh, and now that's a pretty important role for the whole country. Yeah, that's right. So the National Indigenous Radio Service is essentially a – they do two things. They, um, they're they a, a news service that, that develops and distributes hourly news bulletins. So there's a whole suite of journalists there that, that write news stories. As, and they're also a distributor as well. So they distribute to over 120 stations throughout the country. And, and really it, it creates an opportunity for, for stations that – you know, are a bit smaller as well that don't have, you know, a jam-packed full uh, program schedule. They might have a few programs throughout the day. So that allows them just to switch a, a button and that, that then they can they can tune into NERS and, and through NERS um, there's a multitude of, of different programming that runs through there all across the country. Um, we're, we're actually a bit of a hub here at what we call AAA HQ in the heart of West End. We've also right. got, um, yeah, the NITV uh, Queensland mob actually sit in, in our office space here. We've got... Um, an independent film company called Article One that that's it. they do a whole range of different community-based video projects, and we've also got probably the the country's leading Indigenous film producers and directors and writers with Dean Gibson from Bacon Film Factory and Dina Curtis, um, who does some stuff with Blackfella Films and and her own stuff as well. And and they've done things like you know Incarceration Nation and a whole suite of different massive. Um, national video projects so they also sit with us here as tenants and so does the founder of the Dajawa Foundation April Watson Day so she sits in in here as well so we've got quite a a range of diverse tenants if you like or people that come through the the building on a daily basis. Now there's a strong list of alumni who started their media careers at AAA do you want to drop a few names? Yeah, sure. We've got, um, obviously, you know, Rihanna Patrick was probably, you know, one of the ones in the early days and she went on to do 
some amazing things at ABC as a, a broadcaster and, and multiple roles there. And now she's with um, Indigenous X. And we've got Michael Rennie, who is now on ABC Breakfast covering on, on national TV. So that's that's great. We've also got a series of, of artists. So we've got Emily Watamara, who is now performing across the country, as well as uh, Mac Ridge, who's a, a local Indigenous hip-hop artist. Again, that just really... Um, hitting the ground running with his music and um, and then we've got you know the non-indigenous alumni as well that he's probably more known as um, Clancy overall but he was the brainchild behind and the founder of the Batuta Advocate so he he, he cut his teeth here is um, in a traineeship uh, that was his first sort of exposure to media and now he's gone on to do bigger and better things and then it's also done us really well in terms of the succession planning for our own internal broadcasters some which have gone off and, and come back and so 40% of our on-air team are actually AAA training alumni. Yeah, the, the training department really does provide a pivotal role, and we've got other divisions as well, but the training provides a really pivotal role, not only internally for us here, but also to enable an opportunity to for people to cut their teeth in the media sector. You've certainly painted a great picture that it's more than just an FM station. So can we come back to you, Jai? Who is your mob? Yes, I'm a Bidjara man from uh, West Queensland. It's, there's not... It's a... There's not a lot of towns around that way, but um, the sort of one of the really significant cultural sites for us is, and probably the more well-known ones is Carnarvon Gorge and uh, Mount Moffat. They're sort of that's our part of our country. So essentially, 800 kilometres northwest of, of Brisbane is probably the easiest easiest way to explain it. You came to the role of CEO from a non-media background. How did that come about? Yeah, it was an interesting one. My background, I suppose, is I've spent a lot of time in, in state and federal government in different departments, youth justice being one of the longest I spent. And then I, I worked in the in the national business space, sort of supporting Mob through starting their own business right through to finance. So we used to finance on a, on a yearly basis $52 million worth of finance for small to medium um, indigenous businesses. So, And then I went and, and did my own thing, working with my own business and consulting to a number of different different things in terms of, you know, Melbourne Business School was, I did a big big piece of work through Melbourne Business School, but up with the community of Yarrabah, up in sort of a few kilometres out of um, Cairns. So they're the largest discrete community in the country. Did some work there and, um, and really fell into it by accident. I actually went to university with Carver Watson, the previous CEO, who's the son of Uncle Ross Watson, who was the you know the brains child that I talked about earlier. So um, went to uni with him, and he basically just said, "Look, he's looking to transition. The role's going to come up," and suggested I, I apply. And I thought, "Okay, I'll, I'll apply." I didn't know I knew of the organisation and the prominent role it has in the community, but in terms of the detail of it, I wasn't real clued onto. So I put in an application, and the more I went through the process, the more I learned about, yeah, the pivotal role and the, the rich and proud history and all these other different things and um, really fell in love with it all and through the application process and um, was lucky enough that I, that I got appointed to the role. But you're learning very fast, obviously, and coming up with these new ideas along with the team. Yeah, that's mm. right. And, and we're really, you know, our focus um, has been ensuring that, you know, that the radio division if you like is is the spearhead and always will be the spearhead but we're concentrating on other multimedia aspects of it so we've actually got a you know we spoke about the training arm earlier but we've also got the uh, a video production house so we run a video production house internally here we've got a tv studio on site and we do a whole range of um, campaign work um, nationally so we're just finalizing the national are you okay stronger together 2.0 campaign 
through Are You OK? and developing a whole suite of resources with a whole range of other different clients, including Relationships Australia, Queensland, and some public health networks here locally. And so we're, yeah, we're really, really growing that area to be more than just radio, but other forms, including video. And then the events arm is something we launched late last year, which really complements all other divisions, you know, when we do it, we, we launched the events arm through Brisbane Blacks Live, which was a you know a six-hour long music festival uh, featuring, you know, some of the biggest artists in the country from Troy Daly, Mopping the Dropouts, mm-hmm. and then some of the emerging yeah. mobs coming through, Myesha and Betty Ray's and, and others like that. So we had a jam-packed agenda. And what that allows us to do is create a platform for community to come together. We can broadcast it through our FM radio we can provide an opportunity for the training element and we can also simulcast through live streaming through the video. So it enables us to really use all the tools of, of what AAA is and it's an exciting, yeah, it's an exciting next chapter. And AAA's had a lot of involvement uh, with Ipswich over the years with live broadcasts. I can recall a couple from the Ipswich Library and your connection to the city is you chose to move here with your family. Yeah, that's right. I've been an Ipswich resident now for over 10 years. It's a beautiful part of the world. It's it's a great community. And yeah, and and we've got a massive listenership out there as well. And we're looking forward now with COVID, sort of well, us learning to live with COVID. We're looking to um, get outside just generally more through some more outside broadcasts and events. So we're working with the council at the moment on a number of proposals for events, but also the outside broadcast component, have more of a physical presence out there. I mean, we do a lot with CMC Rocks. We've got one of our station sponsors out there, Dave Cullen from ProDrive. So yes. we've got a really <laughs> a really strong presence out there. So yeah, I'm looking forward to, to having now with COVID, having a, having a more physical presence. Jai Lawton, it's been great to catch up and hear all about AAA Murray Country. Thanks again for chatting with Ipswich today. Thanks, Alan. My pleasure. And a reminder, you can look for the link to AAA in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favorite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from Smart Speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.